Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Long Distance Work-Life Podcast. I am Wayne Tremell, and with me is Marissa Eikenberry. Hi, everybody. And we are going to address something that's really important. Uh, This podcast likes to talk about kind of all things remote and hybrid work and how to survive it and keep your sanity intact. And we love to answer your questions. Well, at the very beginning, when we said we were doing this podcast, we actually asked people, what do you want to talk about? And a longtime colleague of mine who's been in my social media orbit for a very long time, Tony Hartsfield. Hi, Tony. How are things in St. Louis? Actually asked a question that Marissa is uniquely poised to have opinions on. That's a great way to put it. (laughs) Thank you. And the question is this, how the heck do you help facilitate productive work when there are multiple generations on a team? How do you have everybody coming together to make work happen? And I think that that is a really good place to start. I am far closer to the end of my career than the beginning. Marissa is you know, much closer to the beginning of her career than not. And our team here at the Kevin Eikenberry Group probably spans the entire spectrum of humanity in oh so many ways. So, Marissa, you chose this question out of all the ones that came in to us. What resonated with you and kind of what was your take when you heard that question? Yeah, so part of the reason why I picked it, and you've kind of already touched on it, but like not only do we have a multi-generational team and I, as the resident millennial, have felt like we have dealt with that really well. I don't feel like I'm like mutually hated by everyone because of what my age is. Um, Well, that (laughs) helps because you are incredibly wise beyond your years and I I am unbelievably immature. So we're actually about the same mental age as it turns out. Fair. Um, and on that note, like I figured, you know, not only are we a multi-generational team, but you and I are a multi-generational podcast. And so I just felt like we were really well suited to talk about this and thought we'd start. Um, are you ready for some of the extra questions I have about this topic? Well, I am, but I'm kind of curious. You said something really interesting. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> don't sound so surprised. You do that <laughs> Uh, I'm getting better. <laughs> but you but you said something really interesting, which is, well, on our team, we didn't really experience much of that. What are you surprised we didn't experience? Okay, so when I first joined the team, um, so as a business, we interview a lot of different people. We used to do a bunch of webinars where we would ask other guests to come in and do webinars. And one of the things that I noticed a lot when I first joined, um, which, you know, I, I'm a younger millennial. And so, you know, there, there was lots of topics going on about 28 people just to actually I'm 30. Um, but thank you. (laughs) I forgot. Um, anyway, so, you know, one of the things I noticed is like, you know, how to work with millennials in the workplace, how to talk to millennials and da, da, da. And all I could sit there and think was talk to me like a person, you know, I'm, I'm not crazy. I'm not, you know, enemy number one. I'm, I'm not any of these things, but it was this concept of like, well, you know, millennials, we can't work with those people. And so what was the, what was the knock? Like, what were people saying was going to be a problem with working with you darn kids? 
I think part of it was just that, you know, well, we don't know how the workplace is supposed to be. We don't know how things have been done here. Uh, you know, we don't know the status quo. You know, all of these different things. And I think in some cases, too, people had this um, preconceived notion. And I think we're seeing it now also with Gen Z as, you know, they're coming into the workforce. But this idea of, well, they communicate so differently than I do. So I, I just can't even bother to talk to them, which is so dumb. <laughs> Well, it's dumb on multiple levels, and I think there is a legitimate point to be made there, which is your generation, yeah, I mean, kind of the tail end of Gen Y, but certainly the millennials mm -hmm. are the first generation that were digital natives. Absolutely. That didn't know a world before the internet, that didn't know a world before handheld devices that didn't you know what i mean yeah. so your frame of reference is different than those of us who lived in the before times for sure there's definitely a different frame of reference for sure um and i think we can acknowledge that without being jerks about it and and i will confess to having some of those feelings some of that is literally the the roman senator uh cicero once complained that the youth of rome are a waste of time because their music is incomprehensible they have no respect for their parents and they run their horses too fast in the street and nothing has changed <laughs> so complaining about kids in you know is kind of the right of those of us who have reached a certain stage of our lives it's a natural thing that happens and there are a couple of things that make it important in the workplace. One is to understand that the relationship with technology is very different. Absolutely. The second thing I think that is important is that a lot of us who up until 10 years ago, you learned about working in the office and the way the real world worked and the way the office worked through osmosis because you were in the office and you kind of observed all this and you realized when do people speak up and when do they shut up? When do you go to your manager? When do you go to the person at the next queue? We right. learned that stuff through osmosis and kind of by immersion. Whereas now uh, a lot of people of your generation, and I say that clinically, not judgmentally, yes. a lot of people of your generation don't have that experience. And there are people coming out of school right now, leaving school to work remotely or hybrid who don't have that experience to fall back on. Right. We talked so about that a couple weeks ago. There are some legitimate cultural things that they don't know, not because they're young and stupid, but because they were never immersed in it the way we were growing up. Yeah, you can't ask a fish to climb a tree. <laughs> Even though I really need that fish in that tree. So <laughs> what do your friends tell you? What do you hear from, from your friends are the challenges from your end of the spectrum? I think some of the case, um, sometimes we get really underestimated. Um, you know, because there is this idea, oh, well, we don't know things. Oh, you know, they don't really know anything or whatever. But 
you know, I mean, I'm 30 and I'm at the tail end of your millennials. So your older millennials are 45, you know, approaching 50. Like we're not young kids anymore. And I think in some cases, like people are still blaming millennials, but in their mind, they're really actually picturing Gen Z, but that's a completely different conversation. So there's this idea that like, we don't know anything. Oh, you know, there's just all of this stuff. And it's like, you hired us for a reason. You hired us to do a job. And some of us, if we, you know, work our tails off, like we can do that job really well. Um, And so I think sometimes that can be a huge issue as far as just being underestimated in general. I also think, and you touched on technology a little bit earlier, and this idea that like, yes, we are digital natives. That is absolutely true. And I can also tell you, I have grandparents that use computers better than people I went to college with. So there also is a little bit of stereotyping and judgmental, you know, on both sides um, that just because you're a millennial does not mean you know how the cloud works or how to use Google Drive or anything like that. And, you know, I actually talked to somebody the other day who's a computer science professor, and he said, my students, they don't know how file structures work. They just search for it on Google Drive and just expect it to be there. Um, You know, and so, I mean, there's a little bit of that, too. And there's a couple of things, I think, that are resonating with me based on what you said. Uh, one thing is there's this expectation that they know. Yes. Or that they uh, don't. <laughs> which is which is um, Generation Gap 101. I, I you know, I, I kind of just expect some of that. Right, of course. And this is true when one is hybrid. You get that not just with generations, but when people are new to a team and came from somewhere else. There's this notion of, I don't care what you did before you're here now and you don't know how we do things here now. So obviously you are a completely empty vessel, which is completely untrue. You arrived on that team with experience and knowledge and things that you bring to the table. And it is incumbent on me as the leader or as part of the existing team to acknowledge and respect that. Right. Uh, It is also, true that the difference between the digital native and not means that there is every chance that we are doing some the existing team that has been there for a while may not have visibility to how to properly leverage technology or cool tips the way that you did it at your job. And one of the quickest ways that you can add value and establish value to your new teammates is by helping them do their job better, smarter, faster. Absolutely. Yeah, tips and tricks are great. So one thing that I highly recommend that managers do is create opportunities, whether that is peer mentoring. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Whether you say, Wayne, you are really struggling with this whole G drive thing. I want you to spend some time with Marissa. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can yeah. roll my eyes and complain about it. But peer coaching is a beautiful thing. And I can learn stuff from you, which automatically, unless I'm a total resentful, <laughs> builds the relationship and richness and trust and all those things that we know to be true. Of about course. Us work relationships. It is also true that knowing 
and having a preference for a certain style of communication does not mean that that is the correct use of that tool or that you are using it correctly. Oh, absolutely. And not everything needs to be a Slack conversation. Well, the perfect example would be texting. Yes. Um, I have grown much more comfortable with the notion of texting. I have a daughter who is one year younger than you, who I am still trying to convince telephones convey voice. <laughs> right. And when she says, but texting is so much more convenient and it's faster, which is debatable. But even if I grant that, Mm-hmm. I have watched her go through enough texting drama in her life and her refusing to pick up the phone, see what it does to her mother. Gotcha. Right. Mm-hmm. To know that your preferences are great. They are to be respected. And sometimes you got to suck it up and pick up the phone. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, not everything can be a text conversation and not everything needs to be a Zoom call too. But you are not born intrinsically knowing that. Absolutely. And unless there are really candid conversations about why are we doing this on Zoom? You know, it's funny. We hear all the time, oh, I survived another meeting that could have been an email. (laughs) Right. That's absolutely true. And when I ask managers, so why did you hold the meeting? What's the answer? Because we had an agenda. (laughs) We had because nobody read the email. Because nobody read the email? I gotcha. sent out the information. I requested a call for action. And nobody acknowledged the email or acted on it. Congratulations, you've earned yourself a meeting. Gotcha. And so, that makes a lot of sense. Right? And so there is a social contract <laughs> that happens on Teams. We are doing this work. Uh, We need to do this work the most efficient way possible. Mm -hmm. We want to communicate in a way that builds and maintains relationships and helps build and maintain trust. And every member of the team adds value. And we need to acknowledge and respect that. And then all of a sudden, we get to... Because what, those are the mechanics. Those are the how right. do we do it. Those are the things. Then it becomes, oh, Marissa's really a pretty sharp cookie. <laughs> and, you know, Wayne may be older than dirt, but he knows his way around some of this stuff. And, right, and, and it becomes then how do you and I interact? And then it becomes a human thing, not a generational thing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because one of the things I was actually going to ask you is like, you know, okay, we've, we've eased this tension. We've talked about respecting each other. And, you know, once we've done these things, like other things that managers could be doing to, you know, or other things that managers could be thinking about that might also hinder productivity, um, you know, or things that can help productivity. Like you said, if we, you know, work in peer to peer coaching situations, now you and I trust each other more, we learn how each other works we can, you know, do other projects outside of this peer-to-peer coaching even better. Yeah, it's it's funny. The 20 years ago, the conversation was cross-culture. How do you work with people in other cultures? Okay. And that conversation used to make me crazy. Okay. Because, yes, there are certain differences. Some cultures are more naturally confrontative. Uh, 
willing yes. to get in each other's faces. Some cultures are much more about collegiality and calm, and that's the important driving thing. Mm -hmm. Once you understand, once you understand how not to morally offend somebody, the first time you open your mouth. Yes. Once you kind of understand that, then it becomes Rajesh is just a person. Right. Cho is pretty funny for somebody who doesn't say much. <laughs> right? Yeah, but when she does, she makes we it. We get to know each we get to know each other as human beings. 20 years ago, it was all about I'm working with people in other countries and how do we do that? And now it's kind of like we're working with people in other countries, except right. it's about the digital. Yeah. And it makes me howl that the people who screamed about the generation gap are now the old generation <laughs> who are complaining about the kids. That will never cease to amuse me. Oh, of course. And it's probably never going to stop either. <laughs> oh, no. It's always going to be funny. I don't care who you are. <laughs> and that being said, it's acknowledging that there are differences and things that legitimately exist. Mm -hmm. preferences, styles, those kinds of things. Of and once you do that, you can get to interacting with people as individuals. The problem is if you don't acknowledge that first, you can step on a landmine and create a problem. You know, if you say nobody uses their personal phones for texting. Yeah. That's the rule. That's going to be a problem. You've got 15 years of people in the workplace who are rolling their eyes and go, oh, what kind of dinosaur do I work for? Yeah. Uh, boomer. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's it's as, as we wrap this up, it sounds simple. And it's as always, it is simple, but not easy. Of course. To acknowledge first what are. What are the differences and are those differences institutional, structural, right? Yeah. Acknowledge those differences, reach kind of a consensus on how are we going to deal with that, and then just start treating people with respect and treating them like they know something. Right, because they do. There's a reason that they're on, their, on the team with you. Before we go, I do want to ask you, like, if you could say one thing or give one piece of advice to our millennial and Gen Z audience members, what would it be? Do not assume a level of formality which you have not earned. Okay. Could you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. It's really simple. Uh, you do not send a laughing face emoji to the CEO. Oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, when you are new to the team, do not immediately start with the jokes and the whatever. Get to know the people on your team first. Get a sense of where they are. How open are they to, you know, what's, yeah, the, what's the culture? What's the culture before you just come in, you know, and I know everybody's about being their authentic selves at work. And Lord knows I am all about that. Yeah. And sometimes your authentic self is just annoying. <laughs> Said by Wayne Tremel. <laughs> yes. That is the quote. That is, I know, That's I quote. know when we put this up on the web, the quote is going to be 
be your authentic self, but sometimes your authentic self is just annoying. <laughs> um, you know, in cultural situations your entire life, you you know how to respond to those who are older than you. You had to come into this social situation where you are not in a position of authority or power, and there is a way that you deal with that. It doesn't right. mean you're obsequious, and it doesn't mean... You, you keep your mouth shut and don't say anything. But, you know, the first email to the senior member of the team should not be, hi, Bob, how's it hanging? Absolutely. <laughs> but I, again, incredibly valuable words of wisdom from Wayne. And it's true. Absolutely. Um, you will earn the respect. And as you get to know, uh, as they begin to respect you in return, as you learn each other's work styles and love languages and whatever other lovely HR <laughs> mushy stuff they want to put in there, all of which is true. Uh, as you get to know each other, you will figure out what is the level of humor? What is the level of being a smart aleck? What is the level of um, assuming authority that you may not have earned? Right. That you will come. Come in humble and ambitious i love it i love it well on that note we should probably wrap this up <laughs> so i do want to thank you wayne for answering these questions and for talking about this um i wasn't quite expecting to be interviewed so much today but i loved it it was great it's great and i'm looking forward to future episodes um, so thank you so much for listening to Long Distance Work Life. For show notes, transcripts, and other resources, make sure to visit longdistanceworklife.com. Including, a by the way, on the page for each show's notes, there is a space for your questions. Yes. So if, like Tony, hey, Tony, how's it going? Uh, you have a question that you would like us to tackle, get it in there. We seriously and very obviously respond to those and look forward to them. Yes. Thank you so much, Tony, for sending this. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, be sure to like and review. That helps our show reach more teammates and leaders just like you. Feel free to contact us via email or LinkedIn with the links in our show notes. Let us know you listened to this episode or, like Wayne just suggested, you know, send us a topic, send us a question for Wayne and I to tackle in a future episode. We would love to answer your questions. If you'd like to gain greater confidence with your virtual team, sign up for our Demystifying Remote Leadership video series at longdistanceworklife.com slash video. Thanks for joining us. And as Wayne likes to say, don't let the weasels get you down. <laughs>